again, and welcome to American Top 40. I'm Casey Kasem, and this is our countdown of the 40 best-selling songs in the nation. Well, we have four debut tunes in the survey this week, along with the latest hits by Carole King, Sean Cassidy, the Bee Gees, and James Taylor. During the next three hours, we'll be hearing the biggest hits in the nation by the biggest pop stars in the world. So let's get the countdown started right here. The tune at number 27 this week, moving up two, is by Kiss. It's Christine 16. Christine 16 at number 27. That's Kiss on American Top 40. This is Casey Kasem in Hollywood, and you know, in 1966, Senator Everett Dirksen orated his way into the Top 40. In 67, Jack Smith whistled up a Top 40 hit for himself, and in 72, the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards bagpiped their way in. Now, that's a wide assortment of recording acts. But in the 23 years of the rock and roll era, no symphony orchestra by itself had ever hit the top 40 until two weeks ago. Now, there have been hits, of course, where symphony orchestras back other recording acts, such as Procol Harum. But the only symphony orchestra to make the 40 all by itself has been the London Symphony, directed by John Williams. Of course, the maestro and his musicians aren't getting big heads about this because they know it's the fantastic popularity of the movie Star Wars that's selling the records. But they still get listed in the AT40 Book of Records. Here they are, all 96 members of the London Symphony Orchestra and the main title theme from Star Wars. Moving up this week to number 16. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 59 of Blast Points. This is Jason. Hey, and it's Gabe. This is an episode we've wanted to do, I feel like, since the very beginning, one year ago. It was so long ago when we started. It was a long year. <laughs> <laughs> when we started talking about doing this, this was one of the things that we really wanted to do an episode on, and we just weren't sure when to do it. Yeah, the, the, the Rebel Force Band, one of the greatest things that ever had anything to do with Star Wars ever. Yeah, and one of the things it took us forever to even find out about, which right. made it even more absurd. Right, right. <laughs> we'll talk, we can talk more about that later. Yeah, we're going to be going all into the Rebel Force Band in a little bit. But if you can believe it, there's still some Rogue One stuff to talk about. It's never going to die. No. 
We'll always be talking about Rogue One. I think, yeah. I'll be dead, and they'll dig me up. Rogue One! Well, I'm sure you'll get buried with an oxygen mask, just in case. <laughs> and a birthday cake. Today, is it really you? Speaking of, I you know, at the celebration, there's always, like, Europe. They had, like, the stuffed uh, loth cats, and there's always some goofy stuffed thing. If they're smart, there'd be, a, like, a soft, plush boar gullet. I would actually wait in line for that. Because I'm usually, do. like, too lazy to wait in line for the celebration stuff. But, uh, yeah, I would. that would probably be my first thing I would do is get the plush boar gullet. What if they made a boar gullet hat? Yes, I, I'm pretty much at this point boar gullet anything. Because it could have, like, you know, the tentacles go under your chin or something to keep the hat from coming off. Maybe it's like one of those hats where you put the two beer cans in with a straw coming down. And you put the beer cans in the borgullet and his tentacles would be like the straws. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's beer, beer gullet. <laughs> Lies, deception, cold <laughs> drinks. So one of the biggest questions we had after Rogue One, which I was calling the triple W question, where was Wedge? Everybody was talking about it. Where was Wedge? And we were talking about it and we got it wrong. I thought I heard Wedge. It wasn't Wedge. But Wedge was in the movie we did hear wedge but we didn't even know it yeah so it was the voice of real wedge and bootleg wedge from a new hope because by empire real wedge was able to have an american accent and be the voice of wedge right i think so yeah so david ankrum is his name and it says he was the voice of wedge and tilly's in just a new hope yeah which is cool that they're Rogue One's all about linking up with New Hope, so they went with the New Hope Wedge. Even well, which makes sense too, because Real Wedge, for whatever reason, doesn't want to be in the movies. So the part where you hear uh, David Ankrum's voice is when all the pilots are suiting up to go to Scarif, and you hear the voice over the loudspeaker and all that stuff. Attention, all flight personnel! Please report to your commanders immediately. Pilots, you'll be briefed by your squadron leaders en route. May the force be with you. Scarif? They're going to Scarif? Why does nobody ever tell me anything, Arthur? And it's weird because I never thought it was, it didn't even dawn on me that that was Wedge. No. But now going back and knowing it's Wedge, you can hear some Wedgeness in there. A little Wedgy. A little Wedge. A little Wedge to the voice. But I wonder if they have him doing the voice now, if they want to have Wedge in The Last Jedi, they can just show the back of his head <laughs> and keep using the New Hope voice Wedge because he's more than happy to be in the movie. Yeah, they'll do it. So our cardboard cutout Wedge dream may come true. I think it's time. He can just always have his helmet on. <laughs> the blast shield's just down. <laughs> that Well, that'd be how good Wedge would be. That he wouldn't need to see.
So there were more uh, photos of new Rogue One figures coming out, right? A little surprises, I think, right? Because we knew Radis was coming. We knew Galen was coming, who looks pretty smooth with his fuzzy beard. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think Hasbro just has lost it, then they come out with uh, Lieutenant Cephla. And it makes me happy again that they're just making the crazy figures that the fans really want. <laughs> Lieutenant Cephla. Oh, so you can reenact that part. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm surprised he doesn't have like immediately getting shot action. <laughs> where you just hit a button and he just collapses. <gasps> oh, and then I almost forgot, right? Our man, Bastan. Yeah, finally a Bastan figure. He's a little weird looking. Good enough uh, for me. Good enough. You take, yeah, you take what you can get when it comes to Bistan in his giant rocket pack. It looks like he has. <laughs> you can have him do uh, rocket jetpack duels yeah. with uh, General Hux. Yeah, well, his isn't a jetpack. It actually looks like a, a Slurpee cup dispenser. Could be. So I think that's when when it gets uh, hot and heavy on Scarif, he's like, I got Slurpees. <laughs> he could have teamed up with... Uh, Uncola, if they ever, if he made it in the movie. The Uncola. Ah. So there was some Han Solo movie stuff. Han Solo. 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 The tweet was kind of hokey, but it was good. Yeah, this. The Han, the, the Han first shot. Started filming. Han Solo movie. You know, I like that. You know, they're calling it Red Cup, the the code name. They're using yeah. code names. But it's like, I like that they don't even try to keep the code name secret anymore. Because <laughs> it says Star Wars Red Cup? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all hear that? We're using code names. Okay, then. Did you notice on the, uh, like the little clapper board that the font for Red Cup is in a very, like, um, classic kind of Western movie font? Yeah, now that you mention it, it does look like that. Which, well, you know, Jason, Star Wars is a Western. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Western space. It's a fantasy movie with the Western the cowboys and Indians and stagecoach. But that's interesting if that really is, if they're really um, pulling from the Western influences for the Han movie. Would I'd like be? to see Han ride on something. Oh, <laughs> Right, we've never seen. Well, I guess we saw him ride a tauntaun. So it's been a while since he he's ridden on a creature. After uh, the space horse in episode eight, people are going to be like, "Give us more of that." Give I want us- everybody to ride something. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, production started. It's, I wonder if we'll you know see any super secret spy photos before celebration. Could yeah, could be. That'd be awesome. I wonder if we'll see something from Han before we see. Anything from episode eight. Oh, you think like a spy photo before? Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing I didn't didn't sink in until just now, too, is they do, uh, I guess the Han movie is being filmed digital because they list the resolution on the clapper. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice that. It says 6K. So huh. I think they're wonder if that will be consistent where the standalone movies are kind of more modern technology where the saga movies are now at least through nine They've committed to filming those on, shooting those on film. So 
there was a great photo that came out of uh, Billy D. Williams getting lunch somewhere with Donald Glover. <laughs> the super spy picture. I think my favorite, it was great seeing the two of them together. But I think my favorite thing were the guys trying to be real smooth. Like they're taking a selfie. Yeah. With Billy D and Donald Glover in the background. And the guys are like, yeah. no, totally not taking a picture of two Landos. Just, yeah. you know, taking a selfie that Applebee's here. Yeah, it's a normal day. <laughs> these cheese sticks look incredible. I got to get a shot. Let's, no one's going to believe how good these cheese sticks look. Let's capture the moment. Wonton tacos. What, what? I, I don't think if that was me, I wouldn't have been able to take the picture because I would have been freaking out too much. Oh, yeah. I would have jumped right out a window. I would have been arrested. I would have ruined everything. <laughs> or, or the spy footer would have came out and there's like that big like glass window behind Billy D. You would have just saw your face pressed against it. <laughs> In handcuffs. In handcuffs, yeah. It's like, who's that guy back there? Billy D. Lando. Double Lando. <laughs> Lando, my. <laughs> Hello, what have we here? So, it's exciting. It's all super exciting. I get more and more excited about the Han movie with every little thing that comes out. I think I think I do, too. I think, too, after being really happy with Rogue One, but Rogue One being so serious, kind of, as much as there was some goofiness in there, I think the idea of just kind of a, a wacky, action-packed, buddy Han Lando movie is appealing to me. I feel like as soon as they show a picture that, hey, check it out, everybody, Chewbacca's here, Chewbacca's in this movie, everyone's going to be like, all right, cool, I'm fine. Yeah, I wonder if we'll get a, um, at least a cast photo at Celebration, right? Because when did we get the Rogue One cast photo? Wasn't it at like D23 or something like that in the summer? Mm, it could have been, right. It was before Force Awakens even came out. So Yeah, so I would not be surprised if, if they start filming, if we'll get... Some cast shots. They'll have something to show. Probably not a trailer, but something to give us at Celebration, I bet. I will say, though, the thing I thought was interesting reading the article um, with Billy D about that, if he's in episode eight, he's doing a really good job of not hinting at it at all. I don't think Lando's going to be in it. I think I feel like there's a good chance he's in it because they're able to distract everybody with the Han Solo movie. Because if anyone sees Billy D right now, they're not going to say, hey, are you in episode eight? They're like, well, what's going on with the new Lando? Yeah. I guess I shouldn't get my hopes up, but. Unless, the only thing I could see, unless, if there is a Han Solo funeral in the movie and Lando's there, but I don't think anyone would just want Lando to have just like a, hey, it's me, Lando, cameo. You'd want Lando to be able to do something and be involved in the story. And then sometimes, like, like the other day I went to the grocery store and I parked the car, and in the moment before I got out of the car, I just had a moment where I was like, wait a minute, we don't know who Benicio Del Toro's playing. We don't know anything about Laura Dern. I was like, there's literally so much of the last Jedi, we know nothing about still. Yeah. Nothing. So I was just like, man, where's there room for Lando? I mean, unless he's in nine, it's like, how can you make new star Wars movies and not find a spot for Lando when Billy D looks great and he wants to do it. You know, it's not like wedge. who doesn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> they can let Billy D play wedge. 
<laughs> That's fine. I'm fine with that. That way we get Wedge and Billy D. Yeah. <laughs> we'll last longer than we will against that Death Star. Why wouldn't you bring Billy D back? And even if it is just like a cameo, you know, I would have rather had Bail Organa in his Rogue One cameo than no Bail Organa. True. Very true. Very true. So I would be happy with about that much Lando. An eight. Yeah, or like how much Mon Mothman was in it. Sure. So there was some, there's a little bit of Last Jedi stuff, not too much, just more theorizing stuff. Get cover. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Last Jedi. Uh, there was an article that came out that was kind of convincing, talking about the possibility, even before everybody starts to boo. Um, that Snoke could be the last Jedi. Which I know, I know. But the article had some good points. Snoke is really, really old, right? Potentially, yes. Jeddah was a really, really, really old city. Mm -hmm. Kylo Ren's lightsaber, which he got from Snoke, supposedly, is a really, really old Sith lightsaber, that we saw in Rebels, that um, there was a Malachor, right? Yeah. Luke went looking for the first Jedi Temple. Really, really old Jedi stuff. So, I mean, if we think about it, if Snoke seduced Ben, right? And Ben betrayed Luke and Luke's little Order of Jedi he was starting... What if Luke going off to look for the first Jedi Temple was more Luke going off to figure out where Snoke came from? Hmm. Like we were saying last week, like the title, The Last Jedi, it means a lot of different people. And with it being in red, maybe it is kind of, we're finding out why Luke left, like Ryan Johnson was saying. Why he took off. Maybe he was trying to find out where this all came from. It's as valid a theory as anything else at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too outlandish. Uh Uh-uh. But I do like how the who is the last Jedi now has kind of taken over who is Snoke or who are Ray's parents. and They've done a good job with episode eight of keeping people busy, not really yet knowing anything about the movie. No. Which is pretty amazing at this point. The last Jedi could be Yarrow Poof. I hope. Bearded Snake Man. Yeah. What a, yeah. Ray. <laughs> Ray. First words Luke says. Ray, the last Jedi is Yarrow Poof. And bearded snake man, because the, the the plural term for Jedi is Jedi. Yeah. No one thought to kill these two guys. Yeah. Let me introduce you to my buddies, <laughs> Yarrow Poof and bearded snake man. Come on out, guys. Come on. Poof's head just pops up from out of frame. <laughs> Hello. Did someone say my name? 
nothing new under the sun. But under the small green fourth moon of Yavin, there is quite a different story. <laughs> Director George Lucas and 20th Century Fox present Star Wars. Luke Skywalker is on a daring mission to rescue a beautiful princess, and all he needs is a little help from his friends. Han Solo, space pirate, and Chewie, his giant whoopee, C-3PO, human relations cyborg, and his counterpart R2-D2, and the mysterious Jedi Knight. Never before in the history of movies has so much time and technology been spent just for fun. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So Gabe, the Rebel Force Band. Man, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how we missed out even knowing what it was for so long. Because I think as crazy as the album is, the fact that somehow neither of us knew about it for most of our lives. (laughs) I feel like it was about two or three years ago, you got me... A copy of the album off vinyl, right? Yeah, so what happened was... No, it was longer than three years ago, I think. Okay. It was it was a while ago. Basically, a friend of mine was trying to put together a playlist for a like superhero-themed birthday party. And he was just like scouring the internet for superhero songs, basically. And he came across this, asked me, like, hey, did you ever hear this before? Which just completely blew my mind at that point, because no, I didn't even know... I don't think I'd ever even heard about it let alone actually heard the album and then i think the extra cruel thing was i had it and i didn't tell you about it because (laughs) i knew i was coming i think i came up for um motor city comic-con yeah i think so yeah it was a whole album came out in 77 when everybody was completely star wars crazy it's the it's the work of a guy named dan whitley and he is the man behind the rebel force band with the album Living in the Star Wars with a Z. It did get re-released on CD, I think, in 2010. And they uh, they updated the cover to have Star Wars have an S. Maybe they thought people would be confused. <laughs> What's <laughs> this Star Wars? <laughs> Which I really like, you know, that it's like, just in case in 1977, if Lucasfilm's lawyers came knocking, it's like, no, it's not Star Wars. It's nothing to do with that movie. We've never even heard of that movie. This is Star Wars with a Z. Totally different, man. Totally different. That's not an X-Wing on the cover. I was just going to say the cover is a beautiful sight to behold, and it really is uh, even better now after Rogue One because there's like this rockin' band in uh, X-Wing uniforms, and they look just like the pilots from Rogue One because they all have like mustaches and feathered 70s hair. <laughs> so it's it's pretty current at this point. So Dan Whitley was running a recording studio. According to an interview he did on Pod Bay FM, he was approached by a dentist with a song idea about a new released sci-fi picture. So Dan Whitley never saw Star Wars, so he went to go see it. And when the dentist offered him $1,000 to produce the song. So sometimes right after that, Whitley was talking to a friend about the track. This friend was looking to produce an album as a tech shelter. So they suggested they do an entire album of Star Wars themed music. 
That's kind of weird. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how all all the all the greats get made. Yeah. So Whitley, I guess, was running a booking service, and he auditioned uh, young bands and musicians for gigs, and he came up with a list of song titles, threw them at the young musicians. And a lot of these musicians came back with songs. And these songs ended up being what you hear on Living in the Star Wars. And when asked if any of this was cleared with Lucasfilm, Whitley's response was, we didn't even think about it. Yeah, and Dan, is he's still out there. He lives in Utah. He teaches uh, kids private music lessons. Uh, he's got a website, danwhitleymusic.com. We'll, we'll put it in the, the show notes, and we'll have it uh, with the, the stuff for the episode on the website. And he's he's got a pretty amazing story, and uh, he's built a whole uh, recording studio for teaching young musicians music. So, Yeah, he seems like a great guy, even yeah. if he didn't make living in these Star Wars he still seems like a good guy. Well, and we we legit, we love this album. Oh, yeah, completely. I think these are the kind of things, it's like, this is why we're Star Wars fans. It's like, there's the films, but then the fact you get this kind of stuff, which is right on that threshold of, is it terrible or is it incredible? <laughs> it's so over the top and it's so, like, sincere. Yes. And... and it's very Star Wars in that way where it's like it's that fine line between outrageous and stupid, but really, really like heartfelt and honest. Yeah. It's got the whimsy. Yeah. It's like 80 percent whimsy. Yeah. And that's why it was just it was so mind blowing when when we finally discovered this album that we missed it for so many years because it's just it's like hit after hit after hit. Like it's it's relentless of just. You can't not smile listening to this album. It's like listening to it on Maury Povich when they meet siblings that they never knew they had. And it's like, yeah. how, how, is, how have I gone my whole life? And this perfect person was right there waiting for yeah. me. That's living in the Star Wars. Yeah. If it got a DNA, DNA test, uh, we would probably be the father. <laughs> Blast points, you are the father. So let's go through it. We're going to go through it song by song. And we're going to talk about the beauty that is living in these Star Wars. So the first track is called Living in These Star Wars. And it's a beauty. Let's listen to a little bit of that right now. read my thoughts that's what my thoughts would sound like <laughs> let's go every inside day. gabe's mind and see what's happening yeah every day just living in these star wars <laughs> <laughs> 
You know? Oh yeah, I have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it right now. (laughs) Um, But the thing too, I mean, right? You can hear right from the beginning too. Is like, it's a, it's really well done too. Like, it sounds like a, I mean, sounds like a '70s album, but like. You know, it sounds good. Yeah. He had a good band, good mm-hmm. good singers. The lyrics are pretty good. <laughs> it makes sense that he gave the titles to young musicians and they all came back with songs because as we go through this album, there's just about every genre that existed in 1977 is represented in living in these Star Wars. Yeah, it, it covers all the bases. So let's go to uh, let's go to the second one, which is has a very good message. It's called uh, "Don't Fall in Love with an Android." Well, don't make a fool of yourself. You know what happens when your circuits heat up. I'm surprised Apple hasn't used this for a commercial yet. You know, you're for, right. For the, for the iPhone. Because <laughs> when there's a love scene, off goes the machine. <laughs> I think it's... Isn't that what it says? I think so. so. We were just... we were, So, this if you buy the CD, it's wonderful because it comes with the lyrics. But the lyrics are printed so small <laughs> that you can't read any of them. They don't so, want you to know. Yeah, they don't want you to know. Where did you buy the CD from? Where can people go and purchase a CD? I believe I got it on Amazon, but they come right from Dan Wheatley's website. Like, you can buy them on his website. Okay. So, you know, if you enjoy it, you want to send him a little love, you can buy a copy. It's also on Spotify, too, if you are you don't love it that much. <laughs> you can at least <laughs> check it out there. You know what's interesting with Don't Fall in Love with an Android is there's droids in Star Wars, but like on screen, there's not a whole lot of androids proper. There's not like data. And they never call them androids in the Star Wars universe, right? Well, they always call them droids. Isn't Guri in Shadows of the Empire? She was technically an android. We don't talk about that anymore. But I think that's that's part of the charm of this album is like it's Star Wars, but not quite 
some of it's almost like you know like Dan Wheatley they've heard of Star Wars but they didn't necessarily see Star Wars <laughs> That's, they thought once like my friend told me about it and then I wrote this song <laughs> said the robots were good So track number three is, uh, you might call it Leia, but they call it Leah. Yeah, which Prin- is very, very Star Wars. Princess Leah, yeah. It's, yeah. Tarkin calls her Leah. Mm-hmm. So, you can imagine Tarkin singing it. Oh. Let's, let's listen to a little bit of Leah, and uh, let's try and imagine Grand Moff Tarkin singing it. for this in concert oh i i this i think leah is is an honestly like that's a that should be like a chart topping hit like it's a really good tune yeah and it's yeah it's just oh i can't imagine it live all the lighters would be going you know and i love the beginning like how our protagonist singing, maybe Tarkin, met her on the west side of Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> Asked her out on a date. It reminds me of um, if Dan Whitley ever wanted to do a uh, a prequel album about Padme, and it could be sung by Paulo. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was an artist. We don't know. He could have been a musician. Maybe, he's, yeah, he's got a whole album of songs about Padme. <laughs> uh-huh. Singing... Pad me, me. whoa. <laughs> Pad me, you're for me. <laughs> you're my baby. I met her on Naboo. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere s- hidden in a attic is someone's uh, living in the Star Wars prequel edition. We can hope. <laughs> we'll I mean, yeah, it's a really good song, Leah. Yeah, it's and it's the best song about Princess Leia, probably ever out there. Ever better than John Williams. I'm saying it. I'm calling it. It could be. Yeah, where's uh that's a special edition I want where they replace uh Leia's theme with the Leia song. Leah. <laughs> so, 
Coming up next could be my favorite song on Living in the Star Wars. I don't know. Maybe, Gabe, uh, I don't know if it's yours. It's up there. Yeah, Chewie the, rook, the Rookie Wookie. Even though of all this, this is another one where it's like, I guess they didn't know in 77, but like technically Chewie's like 200 years old, so he's probably not much of a rookie at this point, but well, yeah, he's been a Wookiee for a long time. He's been doing, he's been doing his thing for a while, but <laughs> we'll let it slide because it's such a funky jam. Let's listen yeah. to it a little bit. Let's, let's check it out here. the episode we'll just listen to the rest of rookie wookie <laughs> yeah it's a toe tapper a knee slapper i think they give a shout out to peter mayhew's beautiful blue eyes oh that's something new this one has and i we didn't really mention with the others too is they i mean they do a good an admirable admirable job of uh kind of trying to recreate some of the sound effects and stuff too yeah because there's a little c3po talking and uh don't fall in love with an android and i believe there's some Wookie roars and Chewie the Rookie Wookie, isn't there? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Or is that just me singing along? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, speaking of uh, sweet voices and sound effects, uh, it really goes to the next level with the next track. Yeah. And and making sure everything rhymes. <laughs> a respirator for Darth Vader. Here we go. Let's listen to a little bit of it. My respirator. might be my favorite i don't know i don't know that it's the best one but it might be my favorite that one is like it's so ridiculous and 
it was kind of like telling the future because at the end he's talking about the stormtroopers dancing which now when you go to disney world oh yeah that's what, that's what you see so well, they were really ahead of their time with uh, respirator for darth vader <laughs> disney world's missing out they need to call up dan whitley and get these hot jams yeah well and i guess technically right he didn't worry about getting the rights from Lucasfilm, so they can probably just steal his album. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. This is ours. But yeah, we're yeah. Why aren't they playing this at? Maybe when maybe they're planning that. So when Disney, uh, the Disney Star Wars World happens in the gift shop, you can buy a. Rebel Force Band, and they'll have a live Rebel Force Band on a on a float or a trailer that they pull around the park, getting people pumped up. They could just have a, a hologram of them playing. Coming up next, we got a real a real disco jam called Spaced Out. Spaced Out. <laughs> so let's get spaced out. spaced out right now i just i love the sound effect at the beginning too where it's like it's it's good enough when they're like spaced out but then there's the oh that's kind of crazy echo duck sound that's obi-wan scaring away the sand people <laughs> you know what it probably The, the best thing, too, with Spaced Out, if you get the CD, is there's the lyrics for Spaced Out, and it's just Spaced Out, the word Spaced Out, like nine times. <laughs> so, if you want to remember the lyrics to at least one song, Spaced Out's pretty easy to do. Spaced Out. Spaced Out. <laughs> Coming up next... We got the epic anthem, May the Force Be With You. <laughs> so let's uh, let's check that out. I, I think this is the one, too, at the beginning. It sounds like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, too, I think, right? <laughs> I hope so. Guide your hand and 
They got it down. Yeah. The basics they, of the force. Yeah, they really do. I mean, they, they go deep on the force <laughs> in 77 in the in the Rebel Force Band. I'm surprised they weren't talking about the Wills, you know, the Converies and So Katano, she's going to come <laughs> in about 40 years. <laughs> yeah. You're going to love her. She's awesome. Yeah. They're prophets. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Ray. Look out, the last Jedi could be Snoke. Yeah. Like, whoa, you go back and yeah. listen to it. Yeah. How did they know? <laughs> Somebody call Pablo. Yeah. George Lucas wrote these songs. <laughs> George Lucas was the dentist. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, 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 I'm just a dentist. <laughs> I'm Dr. George. I'd really like some disco songs. I'm trying. Have you have you heard of Linda Ronstadt? I'm trying to get in good with her. Yeah. Oh, maybe when they were dating, he sang uh, Leah to her. <laughs> she said, "My name's Linda." <laughs> Close enough. Leah. I called her Leah. That's what we wanted to call her. I'm gonna make another movie. It's gonna be called Shmai. So up next, we've got somebody call up Ewan McGregor because it's the Ballad of Obi Wan, and this is this is a really good one. Yeah, get this ready. This one is a treat. Yeah, here we go. Ballad of Obi Wan. Long before the wars, there was a man who walked among the stars. He knew the incredible power of the Force. He used it. He taught it and died to preserve it for the good of all free worlds. The first time you heard this one, you almost had a stroke. <laughs> I think I had to just turn it off. Like, yeah, I, I can't. T- I can't listen to that right now. We had to take a time out. <laughs> yeah, that one is so good. Okay, go out and get some get some fresh air. The the Sean Connery as Obi Wan that says trust the force. 
It's so good. Because <laughs> it's totally like they saw the movie and they're like, oh, yeah, man, sing that part in the movie where he says, trust the force. <laughs> That's what Ray should have heard after she touched the <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they, yeah, when they do the standalone movie, this That's, is going to be the theme song. Yeah. Ballad of Obi-Wan. Unbelievable. So up next, you've got You'll Be a Warrior. Which is a good one. Let's listen to a little bit of that. You'll be a wife in the Star Wars, fighting with the Rebel Force. Ah, 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 ah. Time to be going on a journey across the stars. Gets into the. Oh, it's fixing R2. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy was watching, he brought his guitar into the theater when he wrote that one. <laughs> oh, man. And Rue's eating some space soup. <laughs> they tell me the droids <laughs> might be stolen. Take them to Anchorhead, have their memory erased. Get ready at Celebration Orlando for Blast Point Sings All the New Hope. <laughs> Yeah. Somehow it's four hours long. <laughs> This gets really crazy because... As if it wasn't crazy enough already. On the CD, track number 10 is, it says, Living in the Star Wars Disco. And it's, you listen to it, and it's just kind of like a... It's the first track again, but just a little bit of a slightly different tempo, right? Yeah, it's like almost like an alternate take of the original track with different arrangement, but it's almost the same song. Well, let's sample it just for fun. Thank you. 
not too much different, right? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. A little bit different. Now, when you first gave me like the the MP3s of the vinyl, the last track was super funky, crazy disco living in these Star Wars. I had forgotten about because the CD kind of official version has been out for a few years now that I hadn't gone back and listened to the album version, which, yeah, it's like, this is already crazy. <laughs> now there's this extra extra layer of crazy here that there's this, there, who knows how many more versions of these songs there are. Maybe oh, there's yeah. other songs that didn't even make it on the album. There's a there's a Tarkin Tarkin to the Limit song, Mad for Madi. <laughs> red Red Leader of the Pack or something. <laughs> <laughs> Be in a bad mood and listen to this album because it just it perks you up. Yeah, puts you in a good mood. Even if your your home planet was destroyed by the Death Star, <laughs> you put living in these Star Wars in, you'll be smiling in no time. I don't know why it never dawned on me till just now that it's kind of it's bizarre that there's no Han song. Well, it's kind of like how, you know, John Williams never really gave Han a proper theme. I mean, there's Han and Leia's theme. Yeah. But Han doesn't have a theme of his own. That's true. And if this, even though it's living in these Star Wars, it is kind of geared toward the Force side of things. Yeah. Go out. Get this album. Um, get it on Amazon, get it through Dan Whitley, do whatever you got to do, but it'll put a smile on your face. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If you buy it and you don't like it, just send it to us and we'll listen to it again. We'll take it. We'll add to our stack of them. Star Wars posters at Burger Chef. R2-D2, hurry up. That's right. Four posters featuring the stars of Star Wars are at Burger Chef. We'd like a Star Wars poster, please. R2, it's our lucky day. It's us. Just buy a large serving of Coca-Cola for 49 cents at participating Burger Chefs, and a Star Wars poster is yours to control. There are four spectacular full-color Star Wars posters in all, so start your collection today. 
to. I think we'd better leave. Star Wars posters, only at Burger Chef, while supplies last. So, Gabe, we got two new reviews here. Perfect. Our first one, it's from the UK, and it is from... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce this X X Andra with two A's at the end. So maybe she's a clone. I don't know. Like Luke, Luke. Uh, and this is titled "The First and Last Jedi of All Star Wars Podcasts." After mainlining several episodes of the podcast, I can't get enough. Funny, entertaining, a great use of sound effects, and lots of prequel loving. I too have a fondness for episodes one to three, so it's nice to not so it's nice not to ignore them. We never will. No. Like the largest bucket of sweet popcorn of Star Wars loveliness, they satisfy you in every podcast. They are never not up to date with the latest news, gossip from all the different sources out there, including holograms on chairs with walking mechanical legs. This is when it gets. That's my favorite place to get news, by the way. This is when it gets really good. You guys rule. May the force be with you. This is going to be awesome. Thank you. And other sound bites. P.S. The the whole boar gullet stuff made me smile from ear to ear. P.P.S. Keep up the good work. I'll be listening. All right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, XXAndra. Our next one was an email sent from Justin Spittel. And Justin writes, Hi, Jason and Gabe. I recently discovered Blast Points on Google Play. And I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the show. I've listened to some podcasts here and there, but Blast Points has had me excitedly coming back for more since my first listen. Your stellar presentation of Star Wars news, commentaries, interviews, and reviews is a delightful mix of serious discussion, humorous banter, and on-point sound clips. I look forward to tuning in every week for all the news, opinions, and laughs. Your last podcast where you discussed the release of the special editions and your stories about watching the films in 1997 reminded me of my first experiences with Star Wars, which for me was seeing the special edition films when they were first released in theaters. You have reminded me of such great memories and a fandom I have held near and dear to me for 20 years and will for many years to come. Thank you again for keeping the magic and hype of all things Star Wars alive and exciting through Blast Points. You've earned another dedicated listener, and I give Blast Points five stars. Best regards, and may the force be with you, Justin Spittel. So, wow, wow. thank you, Justin. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode Seven, thank you. We love getting reviews so much. means so much to us. It helps the show out so much. So if you go onto iTunes and leave a five-star review and write something awesome, we'll read it on an upcoming show. It helps the show out a ton. And... Um, and yeah, if you're on Google Play or something, send us an email. And these last points, too accurate for sand people, 
Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Yeah, and you should follow Blast Points on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and you should check out all the awesome articles and comics and recipes and everything else on BlastPointsPodcast.com, the website. On the internet. Uh, <laughs> on the World Wide Web. <laughs> Get spaced out. So that about wraps up uh, episode 59 here. We'll be back next week. With another episode just in time for Valentine's Day. Something special for your, for the lovers. <laughs> <laughs> All romance. Romance, sweet. <laughs> sweet romance. So tune in for that. And uh, as for this week, thank you for listening. Thank you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Now, 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 now